Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're back to part two of the offense against the Browns, and we have our friend uh, Jason Smith of Huddle It Up Films um, back in to uh, to talk about the offensive line first, and then a little bit about the uh, individual skill position players that we'll go through, and we'll finish that up with uh, some MVP voting uh, from this game. Jason, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me back. Good, good first show. Go listen to that and. We'll get into some fun stuff here with this one. Yeah, make sure you give that a download. Got some great stuff in there. Just to, to recap that show, uh, Jason analyzes some of Lamar's top throws in a way, and we had some interesting discussion about that. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, uh, oh some various me- metrics of success in terms of points per drive and series success rate and how the Ravens may not be able to replicate some of the success they've had there so far, so they need to improve the other. Uh, we talked injuries, of course, in terms of, of where things are going, the Ravens' dire situation to tackle and what the Ravens tried to do a little bit in this game against the Browns in terms of making up for the fact that their tackles were naked to the world in terms of some of the best edge rushers in the game. Yeah, let's let's talk about it, Ken. Let's talk about this offensive line because tackle has got to be the number one concern on this team right now. At, uh, it, it, it certainly was. Uh, let's let's jump right in and talk about Patrick McCary, if that's okay. Uh Completely overwhelmed by Miles Garrett in in that uh, in, in in this game. I, I, overmatched would be a, a better way to say it. I think gave a one and two thirds sacks, one quarterback hit, two pressures, and a quarter of a charge for a penetration. That is a lot of pressure events to give up in a short game, and in particular in a game where you only have twenty two pass results. So passes or sacks only. There were twenty two of those. He blocked for the cycle of negative events, which means he had at least one of every negative events that included an offensive holding call. Uh, he does get the maximum possible adjustment for facing Garrett. So I, I, I do the most I can in terms of that. But the adjustment scale I use uh, will only allow me to give as much as 0.1 to a player for the amount above the replacement level that his opponent is, plus other factors that are not included in the system. So some games he might recover a fumble, as Zeitler did once this year, and he got a boost for that. In other games, the center might have a bad snap that gets away from the quarterback, and I take his whole adjustment away for that. Last week, it was a sack that uh, Lamar got out of that I took McCary's adjustment away from, so it was worth about three points in total for, for, for doing that. In this case, he deserved the maximum adjustment. Obviously, a very tough uh, outing. Uh, Monken did not have him blocking at the line of scrimmage all game. We talked a little bit about 
uh, other methods that the Ravens used to try and put multiple bodies, multiple traffic cones in some cases in the way of Miles Garrett on his way to the quarterback. He needs it. If anybody deserves it, it is him. Uh, you know, I go back and forth with the, the best pass rushers in the league, but it seems like every time I watch Miles Garrett, I think it's him. So uh, tough job for McCary, who did, I guess, pretty well against Trey Hendrickson, another good pass rusher. Yes. This this was uh, this was the opposite for McCary, definitely. So uh, do you have anything else? On yeah, I got, I got a little more. I got a little more McCary here. Uh, so four, four missed blocks. Uh, only one of those was a loss at the line of scrimmage. Now I separate those blocks into two categories. Um, misses are, are, are total times where he didn't make the block he was supposed to make. It can be in level two. It can be on a pole. Those are typically less serious. If those occur, he may just not have a, a player to block on a pole. But when you lose at the line of scrimmage to the man directly opposite you, that's a bad thing. You don't pick up a stunt that falls into that category. That's a loss at the line of scrimmage. He did have eight blocks in level two in this game. Uh, one bad thing, he only had half a point among three poles, and that's because he allowed a uh, a quarter of a penetration on one pole uh, as that goes. Somebody's asking me, is it reasonable for me to divide up fractionally these things? And all I can say is you may not agree with every judgment I make on how I divide up a penetration or a sack into smaller components than one, but I can be a lot more accurate than somebody who only has a zero and a one in their toolbox of possible outcomes. So uh, I'll at least say that. Uh, Absolutely. Had one pancake, uh, three highlights. Uh, those are good combination blocks in his case. F for the game, he at 0.39, uh, upgraded to 0.49 after adjustment. He still left him 11 points short of a passing grade at tackle. I think the only thing I can draw from this game positively for him is that was it not a complete fall off the table game for him? Bad, no doubt about it. Can't have that happen every week, no doubt about that. But he didn't completely fall over the table against first, second, and third best pass rusher in the entire NFL. Absolutely agree. So at left guard, John Simpson, uh, player, aggressive player. Again, I've liked his aggressiveness. I think he gets a, a little bit sloppy sometimes, gets over over his head. Uh, I know that you're going to mention, you know, he balance on the ground a lot. Mm -hmm. I've definitely seen that. But, you know, overall, Ken, my thoughts before we get to his grade is, I think that he's done better than we could have expected for a player that was stashed. Um, you know, you would like to see Sala take a hold of that job, but wanted to give some some credit to John Simpson for holding his own and being a good run blocker uh, so far this year. So, what did you have on him on this game? So, uh, you know, some mixed results. Uh, honestly, wasn't his best game uh, so far. In fact, it might have been his worst game of the season because he's he's been like twice at a B minus level and a C also, I believe, so far. But he regressed this week, had a holding flag, and he'd been doing. Okay, in terms of his flag, he had one game with two, and now he's had two holding penalties at a false start, which unfortunately is looking a lot more like what he did at Oakland. Uh, in 1,545 snaps there, he had 17 penalties, 13 holds. I know these numbers by heart now. 13 holds, two personal fouls, and two false starts. So uh, he's had more than a, than a penalty per 100 snaps, and unfortunately he's kept up that rate in his games with the Ravens, which is not a good thing. Uh, so I, I had hoped they would be able to, to help him get past some of that, particularly on when he releases a block, uh, when he's aggressively holding Jersey on the inside. In this game, a third of a sack, uh, one penetration. He was late on a help block for that for that sack. Uh, one penetration. He had a terrible week on poles last week. He was two of seven. This week, seven of eight. So really nice comeback there in terms of what he did. Still got that balance issue, very vulnerable to the push-pull move uh, or whatever you want to call it. It's usually you, you, he, he kind of pushes on, on uh, sorry, he gets kind of pushed on by the opposing defensive tackle who grabs a bit of jersey, and then that, that defensive tackle is able to pull him forward because Simpson overcompensates by being unbalanced. And he's a guy definitely gets out front of his feet a fair amount when he's blocking, and uh, he's built like a tackle and not a guard. Uh, I, I'll ask you this, Jason. How upset would you be if the Ravens decided all of a sudden with their woes at tackle to move John Simpson there and try somebody else at guard? Well, I wouldn't say upset. I'd say nervous as heck, you know, because <laughs> he, he, was a, he was a straight guard in, in college too. So, I, I, like, I've never even seen him play tackle. So I, I would I'll be trustful with the coaches. You know, they're going to have to catch me with that one. 
a trust fall. There you go. He, he is a guy with exceptional length, by the way, for a guard. He's over 34 inches. So in some ways, he, he might fit into the, the, the tackle consideration. We know we don't have acceptable feet with Falele at right tackle. Uh, it's actually, it would be my feeling that Simpson might be the next guy at left tackle if something were to happen this week, say, and the Ravens don't have a better situation available, that he might be the guy who has to play there. I don't, I don't think it's Salah. I think if it's, if it's, if Salah, I think Cleveland comes into the game at left guard. I think you move, you move Simpson to left tackle if something were to happen. Maybe I, I was just going to say, I know Cleveland just played on the right side during the preseason, but uh, I mean, he, Man, uh, Falele just just really scares me. But I stick to the script here. One Simpson uh, gets over his skis is a good way to put it. Yep. Uh, old football term that that should paint the picture. He just gets a little too far out in front of himself, and uh, there's balance issues. Uh, we'll we'll where his head. But again, you know, I expect some up and down play. If we can just can if we can just eliminate the the penalties with Simpson, that'd be half the battle. Oh uh, yeah, it might be more than half, <laughs> but yeah, more. it's a it's a big part of his deductions, that's for sure. So yeah, it's a it's a it would be a big thing. Uh, six missed blocks in this game for Simpson, four losses at the line of scrimmage. That's kind of a lot for one game, but he is a player who tends to accumulate them by getting put on the ground, being a pancakey on some plays. Um, anyway, uh, make sure I'm I'm dealing with the correct data here, uh, but uh, I think that's most of what I have to say about Simpson. A D for the game. Um, this week, like I gave you seven of eight in polls, one level two block and four pancakes in this game. Actually, that's not bad at all. Put the other guy on the ground four times. Uh, uh, that's unusually high. I'd say you get about one five pancake game per year from the entire offensive line, if you're lucky. So I mean, Even that game. seems high. Even that seems high to me, Ken. Yeah, you get a couple of pancakes. Uh, that's good in that aspect of the game. Of course, Highlight blocks come in different forms, like you said, with McCarry, mm-hmm. where he's climbing and, and getting a quick linebacker at the second level. That's a that's more difficult sometimes than pancaking somebody who's reaching for a running back. But uh, but yeah, Simpson's got power, got power. He's a, his skill set is interesting, mixed to me, Ken, because he looks like he'd be better in power. Uh, I had uh, a friend uh, Sanjit, the football scout, on with me, saying he was a better zone blocker, and that kind of showed up for me. You know, I, I thought the same thing, I, I, uh, that, that he basically was very adaptable in the preseason. First of all, had incredible preseason. Uh, it, it wouldn't have mattered that Sala wasn't ready to play the position. Simpson played it at what looked like a very exciting level in that preseason, and he was getting most of the first-team reps against, you know, obviously it's not all great players, but you're getting the best the other team has to offer, and you're getting Tampa Bay's regulars for, when you're in the, for a portion of when you're in the game anyway. He looked just terrific doing it. But the other thing that impressed me was that he seemed to be fairly adaptable between zone and power schemes is that he looked like he could pull some. He looked like his spacing was good on zone movement and he's got long arms and not afraid to have to go out and reach for somebody as needed when he's zone blocking. So I thought pretty, pretty adaptable to either scheme. And and let's, let's, uh, remember here something that was pointed out to me it doesn't get much different uh much more different in schemes than what do you have with Gruden and what he had with Josh McDaniel so he's uh right guard left guard power zone he kind of played it all and Sanjit mentioned that that uh probably contributed to his struggles so next to him at center though Ken Tollard Linderbaum first game back shout out to Linderbaum for coming back so quickly um, which looked like a much worse injury than uh, what two weeks or whatever he missed. Um, soft, tough guy. How did you? How did you grade him? Yeah, excited to have him back um, for for certain. Um, he did not have a great game, but it wasn't a terrible game either. And first, in terms of first game back, if you can get a C out of Linderbaum, which is what he got in this game, I think that's pretty good. He only had one negative event, uh, which was a half a penetration that that uh, he got beat on, other than a false start penalty. And I actually did not go back to look at that false start. Um, I think it was Mike Preston had blamed that on Moses and not Linderbaum. So I'm gonna have to go back and see if they they both moved at the same time this this uh, this time. But I think it might have been Linderbaum moved the football and other linemen got off because of that. So uh, I, I, they called it on 64 anyway. So I, I left the the scoring with him there. Six missed blocks in the game. That's kind of a lot for a center to have in one game. Three of those were losses at the line of scrimmage. Uh, two of those were problems on stunt pickups, which have been a, a problem for him in the past. That he hasn't he hasn't either been there to pick up the stunt or something else goes wrong in terms of the handoff 
Um, and it can be a length issue in those cases. And I don't want to go back to the old arm length thing on, on, on a lot of things. Cause you know what my, you know, one of my issues with this Linderbaum is, but he can get very off balance on plays where he, and it's not the same kind of off balance as Simpson when he's stunted into by a guard, a particularly large man who is moving across, sorry, not a guard. I think it's a tackle is moving across a guard's face. And what the typical result of that is, is that he's getting pushed back and elevated. So he's off balance and oftentimes on one foot when that happens. In the case of a uh, of, of uh, Simpson, it's almost always been a case of he overcommits forward and gets gets pulled forward by the by the defensive tackle. But uh, uh, Linderbaum is a, a, a different different cat in that regard. Got pretty good balance. That's not really the issue. The issue is he's just overwhelmed by the length of the opponent. Getting uprooted a little bit. Yeah. So three level two blocks for Linderbaum, three out of four on poles, one highlight combination block, a C for the game. Uh, you know, from not knowing what to expect from Linderbaum in terms of his, you know, ongoing uh, nature of the injury progression, you know, in, in terms of recovery, uh, I, I'm very happy with that and obviously happy to have him back. Sam Mustafer got in the game late, made three out of three blocks. Great to see him continue to be on the field. And I'm not sure maybe Mustafer is a backup guard as well. Uh, in this scheme with, if the Ravens need that to happen, but they've got some options um, as, as things uh, move forward. They have, they really do have at this point, since Falele is on the field and he's one of two guys I'd label as not ready to be on an NFL field along with Saul. They have seven other guys who can really play offensive line at this point in their careers. And that's unusual for an NFL team to have guys who are above probably every single one of them above the replacement level um, that are, that are ready to go right now. Um, but uh, but the, one of the problems is that Fala, Sala Falele has to be the eighth guy and he has to play, and Sala is the ninth guy. And I don't, there's no reason to have a ninth offensive lineman in an NFL game. So uh, pretty funny at the end of that game, though. You had Falele, Ben Cleveland, Sam Mustafer, Simpson, and McCary uh, as your starting five across the line. And uh, I was like, man, it's a good thing it's garbage time because. I wouldn't have imagined that setup before the season started. So a C for Linderbaum. Uh, right next to him, Kevin Seitler. Uh, Ken, I, I think you're going to say the same thing here, but uh, not a great start to the season for Zeitler. He, he seemed to bounce back very nicely in this game. Yeah, pretty disastrous start to the season for Zeitler. And he is he's had two bad games in a row for the Ravens, but he hasn't really had as bad a three-game stretch as he did to start the season here. And it was really nice to see him come back from that two and a half sack effort versus the Colts, where he was uh, he was really not in the right place. He had some he had some missed blocks. He had some other places where he just seemed overwhelmed as a pass blocker in terms of getting bold. Um, and it wasn't by great players. Taven Bryan, I think, got him against the Colts for a for a bull rush sack. So that's something you wouldn't expect necessarily to happen. Um, but it gave up a full pressure for his only negative event in this game. Eight missed blocks, that is a lot for Zeitler, but four of those were losses at the line of scrimmage. Still a little bit of cause for concern there, particularly in a 55-snap game. If it had been a 70-snap game, maybe you roll that up by to 11 missed blocks, say, and uh, that would really look not good. But uh, but anyway, because of the other negative events, he, he's pretty good scoring overall. Three out of five on poles, two blocks in level two, one pancake. No highlight in this game, but uh, some of that's a, a function of scheme where they, he doesn't really have an opportunity to climb. He's more frequently the trailer, and that was probably true in, in this game a little bit. B minus after adjustment for Zeitler. Uh, thought he played really well, and the Ravens need him to to be the, the North Star, the glue for that offensive line, if you will, the rest of the way. So, Ken, just to ask you here, um, blip on the radar here to start the screen or, or to start the season – or true cause of concern after how great Seitler was last year. And well, really two years. You know, we've 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 had that question a lot. It's kind of like the Adley Rutschman, you know, when are you going to bring him up to the major leagues question for for Oriole podcasters Ma out there. But but the uh, but what I will say is that is that I don't know. Okay, and and the, uh, the reason I don't know is because his age. Um at some point uh he will no longer be able to play NFL football. I would have thought he would still be able to play based on how I would project a normal degradation for one year of age at age 33, I think it is now, um, to be able to still play. And, you know, Zeitler was talking about, I want a new contract before the season. So it's not like he's given up on the game or anything like that. Um, he's probably one of the best linemen ever to not make a Pro Bowl. If you look at all the guys who've, who've never made a Pro Bowl, 
in NFL history, Kevin Zeitler would be way up there in terms of, of uh, player quality of players. And so it is surprising to me that he, that he uh, uh, started off so poorly, but I'm, I'm still hopeful that, you know, that, that he can return and be pretty good. Morgan Moses off to a very good start this year before he got hurt in the game. So, uh, you know, I, I'm still hopeful that Zeitler can be good for Fa'alele and the fact that he did so with 27 snaps of Fa'alele next to him in this game is probably a good indicator. Where are you on there that? You go. There you go. No, I'm, I'm, I'm around the same thing. It's just you never know when when a player is uh, – it, it could be age-related. It could be injury-related for younger players when they're just not going to be right for the rest of that year. Right. Um, it could They could have a, a great season the year before and – even with a younger player say, oh man, you know, he's, you know, he, he was playing with a sprained ankle all year or a banged up knee and the, the team really didn't say it. And, you know, he's toughing it out, but, but it was like, there obviously age is a factor and he's a dedicated dude too, Ken. Like, you yeah. know, he's coming prepared. Yeah. With, with the way he's always doing his, doing his uh, uh, rep after rep in his uh, maternity room with his wife. Right. <laughs> That's great. Right. Stuff. He, he's not slacking. He's thinking yeah. about the game of football 24 seven. So, um, yeah, and he, of course, you know, didn't play much in the preseason, looked healthy as fresh as he could be. So, um, you know, I'm nervous. I'm just nervous about the line overall, Ken. That's, I think that's where it's coming from. I think fans do an absolutely terrible job as a group in expecting decline due to age from players who are like 28 and up, I'll start with, but but definitely 30, 32, even for a lot of They'll make excuse after excuse why something is not age-related decline. And the fact of the matter is, anytime, anytime a player, certainly 30 or older, can maintain their level of play to the next season, it is an enormous victory for the team to have that occur. Matt Burke was a guy, came to the Ravens with six Pro Bowls, and amazingly, he was every bit as good, if not better, in his time with the Ravens. And that just does not happen very often and you got to appreciate it when it does. And I think the other thing the Ravens need to be really careful about this and, and, you know, Kevin Zeitler will earn some money next year, I think somewhere, but the Ravens need to be very careful that they don't end up with the old maid in their hand um, in terms of a contract that's not going to be played to completion uh, with Zeitler or any other player that they might sign later in their career with Jackson on a second contract. They just can't afford to have dead money on the, on a contract. Um, yeah. I'm feeling the stress at basically every position, but center at this point, Ken, um, as far as long-term, I mean, it, you know, next year it's gotta be spent in the trenches, uh, both sides of the ball really, but especially offensive line, you may need two new tackles. You may need two new guards um, needs a strong word. You're not going to get it all in the draft, but you're going to have to address these positions long-term, especially um, the bummer, the way Fa'alele has looked this year. But, uh, you know, speaking of that, Morgan Moses, very steady player for us. Thought he was playing some good football. Uh, had to leave the game early, Ken. How did you think he played uh, before he had to leave? Yeah, it wasn't a great game, but he didn't have any negative events. And that's really the most important thing. You avoid pass-blocking errors. He had a false start, his only negative play. Uh, it did stall that first drive. You know, so they had, a, I think they had a second and four and they made it second and nine again. Then they didn't get the first down and you get pissed off about it. But what are you going to do? Seven missed blocks among only 28 snaps. That's really bad. Um, uh, five of those were losses at the line of scrimmage. Again, not good. So some of that was getting pushed back into the area of Lamar where it looked like it would have broken down uh, and created a pressure, but the ball was out quickly. So those are cases where Lamar is, is, not taking a, a less advantageous throw necessarily because uh, Moses is losing the block, but one that if he was waiting for a route to develop, he, he would have had trouble with uh, with what was happening. Uh, one level two blocks, zero pancakes, four to four on poles. His two freebies is the trailer among those four to four. He almost never gets those. He almost always finds somebody's one of the greatest pullers um, in terms of the backside of counterplays the Ravens have ever had and I've ever scored. But he's, he's very mobile in terms of getting things. He's been one of the big shockers with Moses is, is just how good he is on those. Monken is not afraid to use his mobility, which I really like. And probably the biggest example of this is the touchdown run by Lamar. The first one, Moses was way out of the play and everybody was taken care of. There's nobody for him to block. It was a, it's a, he got a free point as, a, as the trailer on the, on the counter. And uh, uh, 
that's an example where uh, he did everything he could and uh, Lamar was just skating into the end zone on his own. Well, you know, and it, it probably bummed him out to get that freebie because he, he definitely likes to hit. He definitely likes to take advantage of those little guys on uh, on those pools, man, as we've seen, uh, no mercy. And, uh, yeah, he's been he's been a blessing here. We, we really need him healthy. So I, I, I don't see a grade, Ken, for him. And I'm curious if going up against the Darius and company for this game helped him uh, bump up his score. C minus for Moses. Now that was actually very good for the Ravens tackles who were an aggregate F between both spots. In fact, both spots were an F. It wasn't like they were an aggregate F in total. McCary was an F all by himself playing all the snaps and the C minus and the F for Falele we're going to get to in a second uh, were an aggregate F on the, on the, on the right side as well. So uh, actually in, in context, I thought he played reasonably well. There's nothing wrong with a C anyway. In, in terms of what's going on, particularly if you're going against a really good pass rusher and, and even with adjustment, which might not completely make up for the ground that's necessary. I just want to bind it in some way. Um, the, the, it's, it's you know, getting a C against a good pass rusher, I, I consider to be a pretty good result. There you go. So, Fale, Ken, what are the Ravens going to do here? Um, I mean, you have to give your analysis here about its blocks, but I don't think you needed to, to, to study the film to see what happened. And it, it kind of reminded me of his first ever game. Can't remember when it was, but he was emergency, emergency left tackle. Was it where he was pushed in um, and was just completely overwhelmed and we had to change the game. You, you can't have that at tackle. In that first game that was against new England last year in week three, he had a terrible first 10 snaps where he allowed two sacks to Dietrich wise of, of new England. And then he, he actually had a pretty clean sheet in the second half. Uh, mostly was making his blocks. He had a few misses, but but he's mostly making his blocks and he didn't have any negative events in the second half is my recollection. Uh, there was no such recovery in this game. He, he had played 27 snaps, one pressure, one quarterback hit, one full sack, four missed blocks. Two of those were losses at the line of scrimmage. So you project that out over a full game, it's eight missed blocks out of 55 would have been really bad. Um, uh, one level two block, no pancakes. Yeah, I want to see him finish some blocks. Got to put the other guy on the ground. You know, it's part of the fun of playing football, I would think. But also, tires the other players out to be put on the ground. Fall on them once in a while. Come on. And anyway, no, no pancakes in the game. Um, one out of two on poles. His one point came as a freebie on a trailer. So you heard me talk about that in terms of Moses. I don't need, need to explain it more. Sure, go ahead. Go and ahead, Ken. F in terms of raw score. Point there you go. Sorry about that. I thought you needed a break there. So I was, I was trying to pick you up. But um. But yeah, I, uh, a question for you, Ken, here. So, okay, uh, let's just go hypothetical here. We need McCarry to spend this week at left tackle again. Um, and Moses is going to need some time to recover from this this shoulder pack, whatever injury he's got going on on the right side. Uh, you don't get to see practice. You can just get to pick one. Cleveland, Lele right tackle this week. Uh, actually, that's a really interesting question because I uh, it would be a complete reversal of the Ravens' demonstrated trust for Cleveland to suddenly decide he's the right tackle, even though Falele is completely raw and a pure developmental player. Cleveland is a third-year player. I don't think he's a developmental guard anymore. I mean, the, the Ravens may say they, they can't trust him at guard, but they but I don't think he's a developmental guard anymore. I, I, it's, a, it's an interesting question. By the way, would really be funny – if Cleveland ends up being the choice at right tackle, because as a rookie, I thought Cleveland, given his you know average length, might be a guy that ended up at right tackle because it just seemed like a reasonable thing. You're going to run power, as the Ravens were want to do in that era. I thought that might make a lot of sense. Uh, people put me down for that like nobody's business. Oh, you know, I, I argue with you a little bit, Ken. I yeah. thought that that was a little too <clears throat> out of the box for me. I, I thought he's right, got right guard written all over him. Now, I will say, to answer my own question there, I'd be shocked if – then Cleveland would start in a right tackle because of what you said, Ken, that, you know, they're going to, they're going to stick with Falele. I just wanted to hear Ken McCusick's, you know, if you're our ball were there, is, is your confidence that shot in Falele to where do you think he can recover like that Patriots game? Or do you, you know, what would you do? Would you have a quick hook after a couple of series? How would you handle this? And, you know, it is possible. This Ravens certainly have a history of alternating series or more often alternating quarters for offensive linemen. So they might try and do that. And they're obviously playing that kind of game right now with Darby and Yasin on the defense. So it, so it certainly could, could occur, but uh, you know, if I, 
I've talked about the unbalanced line being a major component of what I think the Ravens will do this next week. I think they're going to they're going to go to it at length with um, Falele in there. I think actually that would be a great situation for Cleveland also. It actually puts him in a position where he would be very accustomed to playing on the inside, being the tucked player on those times. So you deal with him at right tackle when you have him out there. But then as a tucked player, he's essentially playing as a guard again. And he understands the the, the spacing, the left-right responsibilities that come with that, the you know processing, the additional processing responsibilities of so stunts and whatnot that come with that. I think that 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 would be an interesting move, actually. That 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 uh, I, I would love to see it on a rotational basis this week. It'll be interesting. So Cleveland and Mustafer both got in for for three snaps with Tyler Huntley at the end of the game. Ken, just a quick, very quickly, what do you have on them? Not nothing specific. Each each made all three of their blocks. Each pulled once and and connected on it. So that's nice to see. Uh, they seem to be having a lot of fun at the end of that game on the sideline. They had a little picture of Ben Cleveland. Uh, I, I don't know what the Ravens' trust issue is with Cleveland at this point, but something is going on there. I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know whether he, you know, is is bringing girls or cooking squirrels or whatever it might be that that he's that he's doing that is not what they want. But there's some kind of a work ethic thing, or a study method, or a whatever it might be. There are so many dog housings on the Ravens. I would really love it if everybody didn't have to be a square peg round hole situation in terms of learning the Ravens system. So I don't know how much there is already of this in-house, but you, you get people from all walks of life, all types of backgrounds in the NFL. Let's find some ways to tutor these guys up on system. You know, not, you know, they, they, they've had tutors their whole life in math and other things that they're doing. Not all of them, but, you know, a good number of them have in terms of getting through high school and, and whatnot. It, it just seems to make sense to me that you, you do tutoring on the playbook as well, that you'd have, you know, some scouts or whatever, that that would be their responsibility is to, is to tutor people on the playbook. Or you hire, you know, four additional people and assistant coaches, coaching interns, whatever they are. Just think what a job that would be that you'd hardly have to pay for, I would think. You're a coaching intern for the freaking Baltimore Ravens, and your job is to teach Ben Cleveland his set of responsibilities. That'd be a it'd be a great way to to you know get into the NFL. I don't think it's I think it's it's made for 20 somethings, which means people in their 20s making twenty thousand dollars a year. <laughs> so there you go. Where you're past those days though, Ken, right? Uh, in, in, in terms of the being 20, I'm about 40 years past in terms of making $20,000 a year. I'm, I'm right there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. So appreciate you taking the lead on that, Jason. And let's get into the uh, off at, uh, the other skill position players. I'm going to let you take a start. I need to take a real quick run to the bathroom while you do this. I appreciate it. If you'll, if you'll take, you take go your, ahead, buddy, you take your first player, talk him through and I'll uh, pick up on that. That by comments at the end. 
No problem, Ken. I'm starting with Zay Flowers uh, first on Ken's list. Uh, Ken made a nice list here, so I'll just go with him. Uh, Zay Flowers, again, uh, said it in the first show, but drew a ton of attention, I thought, from the Cleveland Browns. And the young buck already has a reputation of his own that he is making that the other teams were keying on him. Now, of course, Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman, both out for this game. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with Nelson Aguilar. He left the game kind of early, too. Um, but Zay Flowers was being keyed on. You saw it on that first Lamar Jackson touchdown run. Uh, how many times have you seen Lamar have that much space between the tackles in the red zone? That never happens. I can never, even when the other teams were trying to figure out what Greg Roman was doing, I can't recall Lamar having that much room on a touchdown run. And that was because Zay Flowers was in motion to the right and everybody was cheating to his side. So, um, has been used a little too gadgety, a little too gimmicky. Ken and I talked about that, uh, but it's certainly earned the reputation to where other teams are going to uh, keep their eye focused on him, and hopefully the Ravens can uh, use that to their advantage. This game, though, a uh, lot of short stuff, uh, not a ton of opportunities. Did make some guys miss, as usual, but um, Zay Flowers looks great. I just hope that the Ravens can get more out of them, and that may depend on the health of others. So how do, how do you slow down J.J. Watt in this coming game? Does Flowers play a significant role in that in terms of getting the ball outside on his side of the field or maybe some fakes to that side of the field where Flowers is – is I, I really don't like that that much. I do like it in terms of some red zone plays or making space for Lamar in the middle of the field, but I don't like it that much in terms of, of taking Flowers out of a play by making him a fake. I mean, I, I think that you should – use a flowers maybe early in the game for something like that. I just don't to make them aware of it, to defend it. Oh yes. shoot. You know, they threw it to Zay flowers, the first chance they got, but I just don't want to rely on him f- for that. Uh, you know, I mentioned Keaton Mitchell, or you mentioned justice Hill, uh, Duvernay, you know, there are other guys that we have that we can use in this, this quick screen role, quick pass role. Um, what I'd really like to see is some play action, maybe, uh, some shots in the intermediate to Zay Flowers. And again, I, I said, and maybe you heard me before you get back, that this may depend on whether Odell's healthy, Bateman's healthy, uh, who else is out there, because, man, they were paying more attention to Zay Flowers than they were to Mark, which just absolutely floored me. Mm-hmm. And it's a general statement. I don't have stats to back that up, but my eyes has told me that these players were cheating towards Zay even more than, than Mark Andrews, which – I've, I'd never seen that for a, a Ravens receiver. We don't ever apologize for reporting your observations. People yep. need to inspect them to the degree they're going to, like like they inspect mine or anybody else's. But they they uh, don't ever apologize for reporting what you're seeing. Uh, I thought uh, uh, you know this is something that's very interesting in terms of of uh, of what could occur. I just I wish there were other people who could do it, and I'd like to have all four of those guys active for a game in, in simple. But I think even though Gordon looked pretty good on the catch. I don't think he gives you anything as a pass blocker. Um, and that's one of the things that's been true his entire career. By the way, I don't know if you know this. I I don't know if we did a show together, but I mentioned this a couple times on the show. PFF, take a look at Gordon's, Melvin Gordon's pass blocking ratings by season for nine consecutive years from 2015 through 2023. He's declined every single year, every single year. And this year he's at like a 36 or something. But last year he was at 39, and the year before he might have been 42. But it's a, a bunch of really low ratings. That, that actually blows me away because he comes with the reputation of a pass blocker. Uh, you know, from the from analysts, you know, I, I would say, all right, well, he's old and maybe he's a little washed up as far as his explosiveness, but he can he knows what he's doing back there. He can protect the quarterback and catch the ball. So that, that actually kind of really surprises me. This is this is a place where I really trust PFF to report this pretty accurately. There, there, are, there are, PFF can miss on things like like anybody can. Their system could fail to capture qualities of him. But when you're looking at one specific element like pass blocking, first of all, the number of total times that he's involved in a play is pretty small because running backs don't have that many total pass blocking stabs in a game in a season, and it's really about hits per at bat in terms of of what a running back is doing in those cases. Does he really pick up the blitz decently? Does he does he throw effective chip blocks? You know, it's 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 really 
very much hits Brett Bat. So you want to find a good pass block? I'm sure you can find it. Look through some tape. I'm sure you can find a good pass block. So if 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 there are narrative creators who look at film that way and try and find here are the here are the things um, I, I ha- yeah, that I have a real problem with. And uh, and I've, I, I've seen that. I've seen yeah, that. It's, it's easy to come up. Look, it's easy to come up with four plays where the player did great, and you're going to say how great he is. Uh, it takes it takes someone with some stones to show the good and the bad. So uh, I definitely pride myself on that in my opinions where I'm not trying to get a job in the NFL. I'm not trying to get a job with the Ravens. Uh, I'm going to call it how, how I see it. I'm not going to cherry pick four good plays and say this player is very good. Um, you know, my opinions are my own, but they're at least uh, – you at least you're gonna know what you get, good and the bad with me. You can look at the in the mirror and not not have trouble with yourself for making those. That's good to hear. That's right. Uh, and and I think I think that is important to show a balance thing. When you do a performance review for somebody, you always want balance in that performance review that has you know, three things you like about the person, and the person may have eleven things that they need to work on, but you really only can mention the top three for at least a couple reasons. One is you can't get them the raise you want. Unless you unless you limit the number of total negatives you're going to put in their performance review, and second, you can't get the person to focus on what they need to improve on unless you're pretty specific about three things. So I, I just I think that that when you when I present stark treatment, for example, I want to I want to give all 15 notes I have on the player, including two bad ones or four bad ones or whatever it might be, where he got blocked on a run play or lost in the wash or didn't make a tackle, whatever like that, that's fine. And then you're still looking at a number of good plays that go with that. And I think the balance people actually gravitate towards in terms of credibility. Yeah. Sorry for the uh, pet peeve there, but uh, I I see it and it does bother me. And, you know, that's one thing I like about uh, what I do on my channel is that I will show you the cut up. I will show you every single snap, cut out the fluff, make it nice and digestible and and let you decide for yourself instead of just, uh, you know, should, you know, doing some more, I guess, fan friendly stuff where you're, you're just typing up every player all the time. So, uh, yeah, let's let's move on. Let's talk about. Uh, I think I want to talk about Mark Andrews' game a little bit. Now, a couple things about Mark. First of all, it did a pretty good job. Um, obviously, going up and making that catch in the back of the end zone. And since we gave that some time in the first part of the show, I don't want to spend too much time on that particular. Uh, outstanding rebound he made uh, to, to, to catch that pass, uh, even though it was a low percentage uh, opportunity for him. But I thought Mark Andrews is doing more Mark Andrews things. He's finding space in zones, sitting down in a space where Lamar knows he can find him. And we had a lot of that in this game. And he was really good, really good after the catch in this game. Yeah. Some rumbling, bumbling, stumbling, Ken, yep. dare I say, uh, you know, he had a touchdown that looked kind of like that. But, uh, yeah, he's a tough player to bring down. You can tell he's one of those players, Ken, that uh, has an attitude about being tackled. Like, he'll want to be stand up or fight for the end instead of just, all right, plays over going down. Like, Cooper Cup strikes me like that. I've seen him do it. Like, even if he's being taken out of bounds, he just wants to stand up out of uh, principle. You know what I mean? It's just principalities involved. So, Mark's a tough guy to tackle. It's a tough guy overall, um, obviously, with his type 1 diabetes and everything that he's fought through to be there. Um yeah, no problems. Love the Eric Tomlinson signing because we may need Mark to to be a uh, quote unquote unquote slot receiver in this offense until we get more more weapons here back. Yeah, that's a great point about Tomlinson. By the way, that that you can activate him three times anyway for free. It's not really for free because those activations are hard to come by right now. They need him at other positions. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I'm looking at the next gen stats. Uh, I was incorrect. Lamar Jackson's seven-yard touchdown pass to Mark Andrews at a 17% completion probability uh, per next-gen stats. That's uh, from Jamison Hensley on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, 17%. But no interception that. probability is listed with that. Uh, no, no, no. It's good a throw as you're ever going to see, Coach John Harbaugh said. It's the second most improbable touchdown pass of – Jackson's NFL career, according to Dex Gen stats, they do not list the most improbable. Yeah, I'd, I'd want to think back over that. That's that's an interesting thing. I wonder if we could identify it without without having to look it up and kind of cheat on that. But that'd be. I want to say I want to say there was one at the back of the end zone to Hollywood where he fingertipped it and 
two drags. I would have to think that that was up there. I want to say that was a Denver game uh, a couple of years ago at home. Denver game at home. Be. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was just a heck of a play by Hollywood. But the way that ball had to arc, the distance traveled, and everything, like he was covered too. Um, I I don't know if that brings any visual. If I visually painted it, but it was kind of a fingertip fingertip catch at the very like he was screaming through the end of the end zone. Uh, heading straight forward, fingertip catch, had to drag the back toe. I, I, I'm going to make this comment, and there's going to be some people out there who understand it and get it. But anybody who's ever worked in a finance uh, situation understands the, the nature of risk-adjusted returns. And I do not believe the risk-adjusted return on that throw to Andrews met the minimum standard is what I'll just say on it. And, and uh, uh, it's a... Yeah, it is what it is. I, I'm I'm glad it worked, but I'm not going to be one of these guys who says every throw is great and the great decision because it worked, and every throw that that was incomplete was a bad decision or a bad throw because it didn't. Um, you know, it's that's just not the case. You, you it, it's the ones that are opposite uh, that are that are you know the, a good throw that ends up with a bad result or a bad throw that ends up with a good result that are the ones you really need to look at. What is that? Uh, no, Ed, no, Ed, go, Ed, go, Ed, go, Ed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might have been one of those for, for Ken. I, I almost, you know, I had a little more confidence than you in that one, Ken. I, a lot, I did. Lot of I think you're being, I think, yeah, I think you're a little tough on him, you know, a little tough on him. Just trying to give you a hard time. So, yeah, uh, Mark Andrews, though, uh, quite an asset. And I expect the Ravens to lean on him more early, uh, hopefully, than later in the season. As things get rolling, he, you know, Lamar has his go-to guy that he can rely on when things get tough. So hopefully as some of the kinks get smoothed out of the offense and, uh, you know, we can involve others. But if we got to lean on Andrews for a few weeks, especially with uh, the other wide receivers banged up, I'm, I, I understand. I understand. I'll put it that way. I understand. So, um, but yeah, yeah, Andrews, a great game. I'm, I'm going to bring up uh, Pat Ricard. Pat Ricard uh, has a role in this offense. And I think that it's amazing to me the the fan reaction and the interaction that I get on my channel now that there's a new offensive coordinator, how everybody is appreciating Pat Ricard for what he can do more than they did when he was a huge <laughs> part of the offense and the great Roman. Um, but Pat Ricard, I would say, Kenny, you've studied this thing longer than me, but I would say the only other person I'd, I'd put above him as a blocker is Nick Boyle because Nick Boyle could do it. I think even more versatile than Pat Ricard. You know, Nick Boyle could go out and block safeties level three if you needed them to. Uh, but Ricard gives you that same kind of versatility in the fact that you line them up on the wing, you line them up as a fullback, you have them in motion as a move blocker, you put them straight in line, you want them to climb to get a linebacker, you need them to collapse somebody on a double team combo block or, or, or just a duo block. Uh, you know, Ricard can do it all. Ricard can do it all very valuable part of this team. And, and he's really showed uh, he's kind of bailed us out a little bit, Ken, and with that Kolar and likely not in line blockers, Vokalek not there yet. You have Pat Ricard that can take some of the, you know, heavy lifting, even though he's not really a threat uh, to run a route. Right. He's, he's exceptional. And, and you, you mentioned Boyle and what he can do. Well, that is something that likely can do likely can run block out in level two and three. He's, he's got the right size and length to do that. Andrews certainly can, and mm -hmm. I think a player like Kolar can as well. It's the inline component of that that you're really focusing on, and that's what Ricard gives you even to a greater degree than Boyle did. Um, Tomlinson would be a guy that gives you hopefully what Boyle did in terms of being able to block at the end of the line, out in, out in level two, and, and stand a guy up without losing his feet. So, uh, you know, it's, so the, the key thing I, I look for, you know, in, it doesn't matter whether it's a wide receiver, tight end, whatever – but a guy who has the length advantage over the guy he's blocking and, and also a significant weight advantage, key thing is don't lose your feet. If you're a lineman out there, that defender is going to try and use his quickness somehow to get underneath you, make you get off your feet, make you lunge for him in a way that will take you out of the play. The, the great ones, Miles Boykin, guys that the Ravens had at wide, wide receiver position who could really block, they're constantly pivoting like a good right guard. Uh, you know, opening the gate for that runner to continue his run and maintaining that block for, for, you know, a long time for until it's much too late for the defender to get off it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Props to Ricard. Who else, who else do you have, Ken? 
Uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Melvin Gordon because obviously he had a pretty good game this week. Three runs for twenty one, a catch for I don't even know how long it was, but a long wheel route down the left sideline for what about thirty four yards? Yeah, thirty six. Twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty three. Okay, so yeah. twenty three. One a third and six. Uh, gutsy throw by Lamar. Uh, mentioned this earlier. So what do you have to say on him? Um, you know, I, pr- I appreciate that um, being part of the plan that getting the ball to a running back on a wheel route is not something the Ravens have done a whole lot of, um, but it's, but it was nice to see it happen here. And I guess they got one to Dobbins early in the year, didn't they? Early in, before he got hurt in game one. Yes. And then uh, I'm trying to think of the other wheel routes they've thrown so far. I don't believe Hill has had an option on a wheel route yet. Uh, Edwards, I don't think has had one yet, but I might be wrong about that. I just don't remember it. Was the near completion to Duvernay where Lamar really fit that thing in there perfect uh, last week? Uh, Duvernay couldn't catch it, tried to one-hand it. Was that a wheel route? You're talking about like right by the pylon, the one right by yes. the pylon? So yes. I think, that was, I think that was in week two. So it was against the Bengals that happened. So he reached out. He went over three okay. that day. In terms of the, I don't think that was a wheel route, but he did start in the backfield a couple of times, so it might have been. But okay. that, that game specifically was the one he was in the backfield, I think, twice at the snap, which – by the it way, was I, Cincinnati. I I'm won. sorry. Yeah. 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 Uh, anything to say about Gordon here? No, just surprised by uh, his success in the, you know, in the run game. Uh, and, and, you know, he can catch the ball. So I wasn't surprised at that, but he's had some ex- explosive plays and uh, near touchdown in this game uh, where he was pushed out and set up Lamar's, uh, I believe first touchdown run or second touchdown run. Um, so, Yeah. We're getting uh, we're getting more already than I expected. Props to Melvin Gordon. Give him a lot of credit there. Um, let's talk about his counterpart, Ken, uh, in Gus Edwards. A lot of action in this game. Seems to have a uh, uh, you know I, I would say he looks the same to me. You know, as far as scouting wise, he looks powerful. He looks explosive. Um, you know, I just don't know if he's the kind of back that Munkin can use as a as a as a one a let's say in this system i think he's going to need a justice hill type runner uh, a jk dobbins runner to to be able to do everything that munkin wants to do so gus has a very good role gus is going to be effective i expect him to be up there around five yards to carry again which is going to be an amazing feat for gus hell of a player but i think the ravens need to keep justice hill healthy or to have someone else emerge as this kind of sideways zone runner Right. I, I agree completely. They need an edge threat with speed to run out of sidecar. And that's something that is absolutely essential to create space for Lamar. And, uh, you know, I hope Hill was that guy. I hope Keaton Mitchell is that guy. I hope Devin Duvernay could be that guy if they want to line him up back there. But uh, but they have options is the is the nice thing here. And you can run it both ways. You can you can you can stretch that that defense horizontally in both directions if you run jet motion going the other way. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's always something to to uh, try and throw another wrinkle into this offense. Oh, uh, I am ready to move on. If you have any else that we talk about, we could do that. Otherwise, we can move on to some MVPs for this game. We no, I, ju- I just want to mention Nelson Aguilar. Uh, That's my last thing is I hope he's okay. It's something I'm going to be looking for on this, on this injury report. Nervous about it. Nobody asked Harbaugh about it. Of course, he's not volunteering information, but something strikes me as – when he came out of that game compared to other people and the amount of Dante Demas we saw and, and that kind of thing. Um, I just hope that he's okay because he's going to be an important part of this offense. Um, you know, with the, with the health issues we have at receiver. All right. Uh, would, would not disagree with that at all. So hopefully, you know, given Aguilar's usage already much more than I would have expected and he's come through in terms right. of some good things. It's not even it wouldn't even be unreasonable for me if Laquan Treadwell were to suddenly come through. Laquan Treadwell had a reasonable number of the snaps in this game. I want to say it was like 17. Uh he was in there for. So it's that was I guess pretty much after or some of it anyway was after, yeah, 17 snaps after the loss of Aguilar. See, but, you're right, right. Yeah, if, yeah if, we were going to need it too, Ken. I'm like yeah. I mean that, that that's what strikes me is something struck me as weird with Aguilar in this game, as far as he, he should be in the game and he's not. And uh, we're, we're going to be, I think he's been effective. I think he brings a, 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 you know, he can be a decoy on speed routes. He gets help set up others if we need him to um, his length uh, catch radius 
seems to have a pretty good rapport with Lamar. So it would be, it'd be, it might be like where he started off the season as a bonus, man. We got a nice wide receiver four or five. Like right now he's a little bit higher on that depth chart because oh, yeah. of injury, because of injuries, man. Like it's Zay flowers and then Nelson. It's he's really the X receiver right now is what, what we'd say. I mean, they don't really have a given X, but he's the X. Um, and Laquan Treadwell is the backup X at this point, you know, and it might be that Laquan ends up being the X in this game. If if you're starting out with Laquan Treadwell as the X against the Steelers, I'll tell you one thing: you better get the ball to him once early in that game, and show the the Steelers' uh, defensive backfield that you're willing to throw him the ball. And I don't want to take an unnecessary risk to do it, but Laquan Treadwell did look pretty good during the preseason at times. Had a nice touchdown catch and uh, with with some run, some yak involved. Um, I'd love to see him get involved early, and if you if you stick him out there at the X, which they may have to do, um, then they then they have an option. Hey, and shocker, the Steelers don't have studs at their cornerback position. So um, it's not like we were facing last week with with uh, corners that are playing really well. Denzel Ward, Martin Emerson, Greg Newsom, all those guys are in their prime. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was a actually really scary groups of corners, the Ravens play. And the fact that Lamar came out of that game without an interception against that right. group with the kind of pressure they put on him is, is really remarkable. Zay flowers versus Patrick Peterson. Now I, you know, pray for Patrick Peterson's knees this weekend because uh, <laughs> the older gentleman might have a hard time catching up with Zay and moving with him. What are you talking about? He's great. Why would, why would we expect any decline from a player like Patrick Peterson? <laughs> I see you. I see you, buddy. All right. Let's talk MVPs from this game. If we're good to go on this, you're the guest. Give me your number three guy. Um, I see this is where I let you down, Ken. As organized as I am, this is the second time I forgot. You want me to start Look, and, and you make yours? Uh, well, 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 sure, sure. Go ahead. All right. So I'm my number three guy is, is Kevin Zeitler, and it's a little bit of an off-the-reservation pick. But in a game where the offensive line really struggled, Zeitler came forward and had his best game of the year. It was definitely a possibility that that would not happen. Um, and playing next to Fa'alele, back next to Linderbaum again, I thought Zeitler was the best of the Ravens linemen, and uh, really nice to see him uh, put it together for a game, and so he's my number three guy. My number three guy, I'm, you know what, Ken, I'm going to go with Justice Hill. Uh, got the ball high percentage of the time he was in there. Uh, as you outlined, maybe that was the first show. But when he was in there, he was getting the ball, um, and to come back from the toe injury, had his stats would have looked better if not for penalties, Showing that explosiveness, uh, not a huge part of this game because coming back from an injury. But if you're talking about strictly who played well, I mean, he's got to be up there among the top three. Completely agree. He's the guy that I was considering instead of Zeitler. Glad we had okay. a difference of opinion there. Why don't you move ahead and go to your number two guys? Sure. Back. You know, I'm, I'm going to go with Mark Andrews uh, for the big game change in play in the back of the end zone. Um, blocking steady. Uh just he meant he means a lot to this team. He played well in this game. He, I think, to me was the obvious number two next to probably our unanimous number one in this game. I, I am a unanimous on the number two as well. I thought Andrews, uh, if he can put together weeks like this, um, that that's very reasonable. Uh, you know, we didn't mention Zay Flowers in here, who probably deserves a uh, an honorable mention at the very least from his game with a, with a nice long grab and uh, I think it was about fourteen yards per target. So. Anytime you're getting that to happen, you, your, your wide receivers are getting 10 plus yards per target. You got to be pretty happy about that. And I'm particularly happy with Flowers since his A dot has been so low in other games um, that, that, I'm, that I'm positive about that. But Andrews, 16 yards per target, five for 80, uh, caught all five balls. One of the really fine games of his career, and he's had a lot of good ones. One great yards after the catch play that was about midfield where he went for 36. Another great yards after the catch play where he got into the end zone. Another great catch in the back of the end zone. I mean, he just he had a little bit of everything in this game. Yeah, the Yak Monster, Andrews. He, yeah, yeah, that was something else. Hey, another honorable mention to me. Maybe the grades won't show up, but Tyler Linderbaum gave me a heck of a lot of uh, confidence to be out there for him to come back from that injury, be on the field. Uh, I just feel, you know, I'm so nervous about this line that to see Tyler Linderbaum out there looking, not missing a beat. Just it just looked great. It's very comforting. So honorable mention to him for getting healthy and and looking like Tyler Linderbaum and hopefully uh, anchoring that line the rest of the season. Good choice. Very good choice. Okay, so who's number one? I can't imagine who it would be. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. Maybe we should pay this guy, the quarterback, number eight. Well, we paid him. We paid him, Ken. Yes. Hey, uh, a less mobile quarterback, uh, a quarterback who – I mean, just think about this, Ken. If the Bre- if Lamar doesn't make a couple of Lamar-esque plays, if Lamar's ability with his legs uh, and his arm aren't both top-tier, NFL's top-tier, Think about how different of a game this might have been from a play calling aspect. Uh, if it's not 17 to three at the half, 21 to three, excuse me, at the half, if it's 10 to three, maybe the Browns kick a field goal, they get bad position, you know, bad field position. Maybe it's close to a tie game. Think about how this game could have played out. This game was a blowout, I think, because of Lamar Jackson, and it allowed the Ravens to kind of go into cruise control uh, in the second half of this game. Absolutely. The defense set the Ravens up a lot in this game with their fine play with holding and, and forcing punts. Um, but the Lamar Jackson finished the game off in the red zone for the Ravens and the four out of four he had there, the 12 out of 15 for the year has been uh, just absolutely nothing short of, of fantastic. And uh, he averaged almost 10 yards a throw in this game, not 10 yards per pass play because of the sacks, but almost 10 yards per reception in this game. And, was pretty good in every one of three divisions. He was terrific for 15.5 yards with ATS, pretty good with ball out quick, and pretty darn good with pressure as well. So I thought he he was uh, he was clearly the man for the Ravens. Yep, good game. And overall, Ken, like you said, uh, 2-0 now on the road in the division. Chance to go 3-0 this week in Pittsburgh. I mean, I, I would have taken 2-1. I'm sure most fans would have taken a 2-1 start in these games. We're already there. It is bonus time, my friend. It's time to go into Pittsburgh, take care of business against a beat-up quarterback uh, and Mr. Staredown, Mitch Trubisky, if he plays. I expect to, I expect either Roquan or PQ to get picks like they did last year um, because Mitch will stare down the targets, much like we saw with DTR. So, hey, we're a banged-up team. We're not perfect, but we're in a pretty darn good position here, Ken. So it looks like the, the uh, line has tightened up a little bit. Since I lost so three and a half right now. So it was two and a half, and then it moved to four and a half when the Trubisky news came out. I, I personally think Trubisky's probably a little bit better quarterback than Pickett right now, but then it also leaves them with a weaker backup. Uh, Mason Rudolph then comes into the picture. I would say Trubisky more feast and famine, and I would say Kenny Pickett more lower ceiling, higher floor. Is kind of how I pick it. Like Mitch Trubisky can have a big game and use his legs and do some really nice things for you. Pickett's Pickett. I don't know. All right. Well, we certainly hope that draft pick doesn't work out for the Pittsburgh Steelers because we're Ravens fans. I don't like having to root for injuries, by the way, in this league. In fact, I just can't stand it. And what it basically comes down to is I really hate that NFL results come down to injuries to such a degree because what it means is – that every team has them and you're always pissed off when the other team is not having as much um, bad luck with regard to injuries. In fact, you, you know, something I've seen noticed on the Steelers boards, but I don't think it's unique to them is how long can the Ravens continue to play with a horseshoe up their ass? Was it, was it, was something from a a season where the Ravens weren't having any injuries. Uh, And, and it's, it's, it's just the nature of the sport now is that you got to hope the other teams that you're playing when you catch them, have some injuries. And, and unfortunately it's not the kind of thing I would want to bring my kids into. If I had kids, I don't, but it, you know, to, to, to teach them about a sport um, that, that, Hey, it's so injury dependent, you know, you just kind of got a hope of way things are going. I don't, think, I don't think it's good for sportsmanship or for any other component. No, no, that, you know, I was taught and I taught, teach my kids the same thing. You don't root for injuries. You don't celebrate injuries. Yeah. Uh, you know, these, these are, these are people, they're real people behind those jerseys and careers end and dreams end. And uh, you just, I go the other way, Ken. I just hope, hope my team is healthy when we play them. They like, yep. everybody's going to be dealing with injuries. You don't feel sorry for the other team because of their injuries. If Pickett can't go, that's unfortunately the way the game goes, but not, nah, you know, rooting for injuries. No, I, I don't think I've disliked the player that much. Uh, maybe Joey Porter, if he like stubbed his toe. <laughs> Joey Sporter stubbed stubbed his toe. I, I'd say, okay, I, you know that's good, that's good. But uh, but no, Ken. In all seriousness, I I appreciate you having me, buddy. I always try to make you smile a couple times. Always a pleasure talking football with you. And thanks for working through this episode where I'm obviously a little under the weather and 
uh, providing a lot of the uh, necessary color here. That's that's uh, always very much appreciated. Barry uh, White, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Tell folks where they can talk football with you online. Sure. Huddle it up films or at huddle it up films on Twitter. Uh, thank you for having me on, Ken. I really appreciate you, buddy. All right. If you're out there and you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up. DMs are always open on Twitter. I'm not going to give you any more detail on that this show, but I will get back to you. I promise on that. Jason, thanks again for joining me. Thanks, Ken. Have a good night, buddy. You too. I'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.